With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Infusing your day with the light of God's word. You're tuned to AM670, KLTT, KLTT HD, Commerce City, Denver. And streaming worldwide at 670KLTT.com. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. Hey, thank you for choosing the good news. I have, I know you have a lot of different choices. And hey, by the way, if you like the show, uh, please uh, let your friends know. And also, I, I need sponsors for the show as well to keep it on the air. You can always email me at angieaustinradio.com. Just thought I'd start off with that because you hear some people on the show, and they're the reason I'm able to do the show because they support me and believe in what we do. Beatrice Bruner, the Drill Sergeant of Life author and speaker, is joining us, and we have some really cool good news stories to share with you. The kids are back in school, Beatrice. Yes, they're they in are. A lot of uh, sports right now. You've got a kid or two back in with you. Your kids are grown. Yes, I have our two daughters back living with us. And you've got you moved your mother-in-law in, and, and you moved your sister-in-law in, in yes. and your husband. Yes. So you've got you've moved a lot of people in. Yes, and I I can't move any out. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're a lover. You just love you love. To yeah, love. but I don't like for them to know that I love them that much. I, know. I really don't. But I know with the kids, you want them to be self sufficient, but you want them yes. to have a place to land when they need you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hey, we're getting ready to go back into the schools to mentor the kids. I can't wait. Oh my goodness! I can't. I might wait. have to figure out. You know, my schedule is crazy, but I might have to figure out a time to come in and speak because that would be of awesome. my difficult background and me being able to, you know, reach you know, get the college education and, you know, work for some big networks coming from my background is kind of, you know, interesting, interesting. That would be great because these need, these kids need that. They need to to know know that they can make it. Absolutely. Because some of them are so, you know, what depressed, oppressed. Uh, And lack of confidence. Yes, absolutely. And if you came in and told them like it was, you know, what you had We'd to do. We'd be a good team at that. Yes, we would. We would be very good. Yes, because we Because you also over- overcame a lot. Absolutely. You sure did. All right, let's uh, talk I want, and give you some updates on these kids. You know, I wonder if we could ever highlight some of the kids that have gone through the program and how they feel afterwards and what their goals are. We should do that. I love talking to kids. We should because yeah. some of these kids have, you know, their their lives, lives are in the odds, not the evens. Yeah. You know, and it takes a lot for them to, to get motivated just to do the ne- normal daily things. This would be a good pat on the back for them, knowing yes, that they're going down the right track. I know yes. a lot of kids also can feel like um, it's the end of the world. And, you know, and I know that um, I like to remind people that um, it's never too late. I'm kind of a late bloomer myself. Yeah. I had a real rough childhood. I didn't go to college until we I was in my 30s. We all three did. That's I, so interesting. I didn't go to college until I was in my 30s, and I was grown up, and I got to do it all on my own. And I didn't get the job that I wanted from college until three months ago. Maybe that's why wow. he's so appreciative of this job. You're so yeah. eager, and I'm like, wow, you're in your 30s, and you're so into it. I, I, I love it, and I was stuck uh, you know, behind a bar, being a bartender forever. I thought I was going to be stuck there forever. And, and you wanted to do just, Christian radio? I tell you. Or radio? I mean, not necessarily Christian radio. I, I love doing Christian radio. It's a great place for me. Oh, and the I've, people I fit here really are amazing. Well. And, 
but I never even thought about radio until three months ago when I started doing this job, and it's the perfect fit for me. And it is. I just like to remind people, anyone who's listening out there, it's never the end of the world. Yeah, never too late. You can still be... 30 40 50 and get the job that you want or that's be true. where you want to get or get you know achieve that goal that you want to so that's, that's awesome because yeah, he's into it he's good with the clients too you know a lot of people see that don't realize how important these clients are to us that help keep us on the air right and so to be able to have such good manners with them and take care of them and treat them um, with such respect and it, with it you know a sense of importance because they are so important mm-hmm. you know like when you hear dr joe on the show dr joe keeps the, the show on the air for me you know mm-hmm. uh let's go ahead and talk about some of the good news stories shall we absolutely um this actually dave himself producer dave um voiced this over and uh, go ahead and intro it dave uh well this is a really cool story that i found it's about um this canadian charity where what they do is they had like real big designers like vera wang and uh actual real big designers and artists come in and they made these special scrubs for kids with cancer and uh, and uh, may, just the way that they changed, I know we talked um, before about the teachers that helped wash wash the students' clothes. It's kind of doing the same thing, only with kids with cancer, and how it gives them the sense of identity. And I just thought it was such a uh, such a cool story that I tried to mix it up for the show. Great, okay, take a listen. Many teens are now getting new hospital gowns, so they can embrace their individuality. You know, being a teen, you want to be individual, you want to be unique, you know, that's where you're really coming out and your personality is really starting to come to the forefront. The Wardrobes Initiative is part of the Starlight Foundation in Ontario. They teamed up with top designers to make the kids feel anything but sick. I've never seen an instant reaction from a child in the total transformation of their personality. Each designer donated their time and resources for this project so every sick kid could feel a little better about being in a hospital. Teenagers are trying to find themselves and express themselves and they're into fashion and art, music, because it lets them do that. And when you get that stripped away from you, it's just, it's demoralizing. Because no one should have to wear their sickness and every teenager should feel like themselves. Look at you, you gotta do that more often. That was good. really, that was, Wow. Yeah, Thank you. you should do Thank more of those. I liked it. I want to do more. That's yeah, awesome. do it for the show. I love it. I love it. He didn't even, like, I said, make sure you remind me to run your story. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And then I came across that one. He goes, well, that's, remember, that's the one I did. And I'm like, we got to run that. That's cool. Excellent. Is it fun to hear yourself on the radio and, like, to have done such a good yeah, job? Yeah, I like it. I, I was telling my wife I want to be the Mo Rocca of KLTT. Oh. So, so that means sweet. you need to come and talk to my kids that I sponsor, uh, that I mentor. Right. At the, um, the charter school. You should do a radio I'd day. I'd be happy to. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, that, that would be. be. And I know that our boss, he's so cool, he would let you go. Oh, yeah. They're so understanding of, oh, just this is a great place to yeah. work. Yeah, yeah great really group is. of Christian people. Mm. All right. So that's awesome. And we've got a number two story that I'm going to share with you. And you know I save veteran stories for you, but this is sad. You know, there's this new movement, the 22 push-ups for the 22 um, mm-hmm. veterans who kill themselves per day who right. die at the hands of suicide. And I hear the new number might be 21, but regardless, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it and so kind of like the ice bucket challenge, you now people are doing push-ups, celebrities, and videotaping it to bring attention to um, the suicides that take place with um, our American veterans. And this um, mom lost her son but they don't know this. They see her walking by every day, mm. and then they find out that she lost her son to suicide. And uh, it's just it's just neat that somebody cared enough to make a difference in this mom's life. And you can tell by the emotion in her voice what it meant to her. Take Amen. a listen. 
At Spooner's Tires and Auto in St. Petersburg, they work hard. Are we doing a line or just tires? And play hard. Special. Usually live on Facebook. You know, I've been seeing you walk by here every day. A live video owner Richard Newberry posted is no joke and revving up with likes, comments, and shares. Well, the lady's been walking by here for about two or three weeks. You don't blame me? The woman, Ernestina Nunez, walks a mile each day to her custodial job at a local high school. Friday, he noticed her sad face. She started crying, like breaking down, like, you know, after a minute or two. Next, despite slow summer sales, he went with his gut and decided to give the stranger a free car. So I gave her the key and I just kind of told him I have trouble past, um, you know, that I've been in the boat where I've been homeless, uh, not knowing what to do. Saturday, he hoped to see her again to give her the title to the car, and she arrived. Now he would find out the full story behind her pain. My son was a former Marine, and he had PTSD, and he ended up taking his life, so he left me with nothing, because he was the only thing I had. Daniel Nunez died a year ago this month. I want every single serviceman to put their job behind and leave it behind and continue with what they're supposed to continue doing in life. It gave her a sense of emptiness and doubts on her own life until she met Newberry. I thank this man because he got tired of seeing me walking back and forth to work. He knows life can shine even when it's raining. All right. I salute that mom for continuing to walk to work when she's in the midst of her own depression. Imagine losing your son who helped you, Mm -hmm. uh, who lived with you, Mm -hmm. who you were dependent on to some degree, Mm -hmm. and that you're a single woman. All you have is your son, and he takes his life because the PTSD from serving as a Marine was too much for him to handle. Mm -mm. I can't imagine the pain. Yeah. People don't realize, civilians don't realize the things that soldiers and I'm talking Marines, airmen, you know, Navy, everybody, all that have served, they don't realize the pain that they've gone through to do the things that they did. They don't understand what they saw, what these kids saw over in Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq. They don't understand the things that they saw. And see, these kids come back to the United States. They get out of the military and there's, there are hardly any programs to help them through the PTSD. You go and sit at the doggone VA hospital and sit up there for hours. There was a veteran just recently that killed himself mm-hmm. in the, the parking lot because mm-hmm. he couldn't get in. He couldn't yeah. get treatment. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the reality right there. That is just... And these cracks my heart. Yes. I don't know if you guys have heard about SOS or uh, Crawford Broadcasting. It's called Save Our Soldiers. It's an entire, it's one of the coolest things I've ever even heard of. It's uh, totally for free. My boss has us all do it. And we write special commercials and special, we draw attention to any veteran services that we can find. And it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And it's because we just love our veterans and we want everybody to be taken care of. And we know a lot of times, especially PTSD mixed with pride kind of mm-hmm. makes you not even look for these things. Oh, yeah. But if they come into your in your face and you s- see that you need it, mm-hmm. it, I mean, even if it helped one person, I think it'd be a 100% wor- worth it. And all 37 stations are doing it. Wow. All awesome. 37 stations. Wow. You know, I just want to say um, this company 
You know, we get advertisers that keep us on the air. There's another really well-known, Kayla, let's be honest, great, love the music. They do these, like, drives where they get all kinds of money donated to Mm -hmm. Kayla. That's how they can stay on the air, and they have advertisers. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. We don't do any drives. So the only way that we can stay on the air, and this company works, is to get people who believe in what we're doing, and then you allow us to promote your business or to promote your charity uh, to keep the shows on the air. I 100% stay on the air if people believe in me and I believe in them and we team up because I get to choose, you know, my own people. And that's the only way. And this company does not do those drives where you'll be like listening to K-Love or another radio station and for like a week or two they'll be asking for money. Mm -hmm. That's not how they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that I'm sure they make a ton more money than we do. Uh, But we just find business people who believe in what we do right. and we want to support them. And so it's a, it's a more difficult business model. This company, Mr. Crawford and his son, Don Jr., I, I, I admire them so much because they, they built all these radio stations. They, they mm-hmm. built this themselves, this, mm-hmm. you know, little Crawford empire. Right. And uh, they're really men of God, I'm telling you. It's Amen. crazy, Crawford's too. If, in, like, if I didn't know Don Crawford and yeah. he walked by me, I yeah. would know he was in charge of something. Really? If I didn't know. Oh, Mr. Yeah, Crawford just, Sr.? Uh, no, I've never met oh, okay, Mr. Crawford Jr., but Don, well, Don Crawford Sr., he's just got this aura and something about him mm, where yeah, I, he's in too. charge, like yeah. you know, and there's no doubt in my mind why. They're hard workers. I very much respect them. His dad, you know, had, could have retired 15, 20 years ago. Um, I don't know his exact age, but it's close to 80, I believe, late 70s, somewhere in there. I think he turns 80 and this year. he is sharp as a tack. Mm. You will not pull the wool over his eyes, and he really—he wrote me the most beautiful letter on my um, yes, on did. my anniversary. That was, that was wonderful. Yeah, it was really—I yeah. I saved it. It's in my Bible. Mm-hmm. I just to let me know he appreciates me, and let me tell you, this guy's got a lot in his plate. So I appreciated yeah. that personal touch, and they are hard workers. So anyway, I enjoy working with this company. I mean, I wouldn't say that uh, you know. Um, uh, it's easy getting advertisers because you really have to search and look, you know, for people that believe in Christian radio and want to team up with us. Uh, but with that said, um, the product is so satisfying and the colleagues are so wonderful. And to work in an environment where you really like the people is worth a million bucks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Don't you think you're new? What do you I, think? Absolutely. I've, I, I'm still getting used to it. I, I, like I said, I was in the restaurant business for 20, almost 25 years. And it's not like that in the restaurant business, that's for sure. <laughs> it's like everyone's always getting ready to stab you in the back. Oh, I, yeah. I had to take a day off because my son got sick, and everyone called me to find out how my son was. I thought that was oh, the coolest wow. thing. Uh, you know, in the restaurant business, it's uh, we don't care that your son is sick. You mm-hmm. better get to work. Somebody needs a beer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because he worked in as a bartender. Mm. Uh, all right, so let's talk. I just first of all, I love that they that that mechanic saw the woman walking to work mm-hmm. and presented that car. But who knew she had such a backstory of yeah. pain, and that this would give her a ray of hope and a ray of sunshine. And she would have never told anyone that. Maybe not. You know, and and then how would she have suffered? Continue to suffer you know, in silence. And walk into work. Yeah. When you're that depressed and you've lost your kid, oh, yeah. I really, my hat is off to her because a oh, lot of absolutely. people just give up and then see if they can collect some kind of check. That's right. And stay home. That's right. They and do. watch Dr. Phil. That's, so she's a hero in her own She is. Right. She is a hero yes. for surviving yes. and sticking around after she lost her son to PTSD and suicide. Yes. All right, uh, here's another. Um, these are police officers. As you know, uh, they're not all bad apples. We no. do have a few bad apples. But a lot of these good news officer stories uh, come out like daily. And uh, there have been some bad incidents lately with people seeking um, revenge or mm. trying to get you know, retribution um, against officers in general. One officer was poisoned at a subway. 
Uh, the guy put Lord. meth and something else in his drink. He was arrested because the officer about lost consciousness as he oh got to a, a street light after he had a subway drink in his subway. That guy is in jail, and uh, he was fired. Wow. At Walmart, a guy refused to serve um, an officer at a checkout. Now, Walmart didn't fire the employee initially. I don't know what's come of it since, uh, but uh, they said it was a personnel matter and nothing happened. Now, Taco Bell, uh, the guy wouldn't serve a cop, and they fired him. Mm-hmm. And then there was um, a... Um, uh, gas station. Uh, they didn't, I can't remember the name of the station, but they wouldn't serve the copy at a drink. And they said, we're not serving you because of the whole, you know, um, uh, rivalry now, or what would right. you call it? No, the animosity mm-hmm. uh, between uh, some parts of the community and against police officers, because yes, there are some bad apples. Mm-hmm. But again, some of these guys that have been killed are bad guys that were would have killed the cop had could they switch spots, you know? That's so right. it's a it's a tough call. Yeah. And I know we can sit in our like lazy boys at home and watch the you know instant replay in slow motion and go, oh, I can't believe he did that. Now. Granted, some, you're like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That was so wrong, mm-hmm. you know? But, boy, it just stirred up all this controversy. And I think morale for cops has gotten really low. And then even targeting cops to specifically yeah. kill them because of their uniform. I think we've forgotten that we're all on the same team. Yeah, we are. We are. I mean, this thing called life, <laughs> guess what? We're all going to end up the same disposition, dead at some point. Mm-hmm. So why don't we work together now while we're alive? Right. So that we all can live, you know, a good life. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm I know, sick, I'm of, sick it. of it too. Yeah. And I, you know what, though, in our day-to-day life, like this is a great country. A lot of this stuff you don't see in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you turn on the news and you see a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but much of this country um, is very loving and patriotic and happy and hardworking. That's right. But then we see kind of the antithesis of that on the news because that's what gets attention. So mm-hmm. this officer, uh, officers, pardon me, um, helping a homeless man to get to his family. Take a listen. He seemed like a real nice gentleman. Maybe a little bit down on his luck right now, so uh, we knew we couldn't let him hitchhike from here. A burger and a bus ticket. This sit-down meal was all it took for this officer to realize how badly this stranger needed to see his family. I noticed a gentleman sitting on the curb with his, his face in, the, in his lap, so I decided to go over and talk to him and see if he's okay. Deputy Sergeant David McCoy from Mississippi offered to treat Dan Williams to lunch at Wendy's. He began to tell me that he had been hitchhiking from Ohio and going down to uh, Monroe, Louisiana to see his family, and he had a couple more uh, days to get there, and he was going to hitchhike down our interstate. So Williams ordered the number two under the notion McCoy was paying. Turns out the restaurant took care of the bill. During lunch, McCoy learned Williams had been on the road for days trying to reach his sister. He had no phone and no money. So McCoy and his three colleagues, also eating at Wendy's, pulled their money together and bought Williams a bus ticket. We all got together and, and pulled money out, and uh, I took him down to Memphis, into the next state, to Greyhound bus terminal, and we got him a ticket, and at that point, uh, we gave him a little extra money in case he needed to get something later on the night. Kindness, that traveled a long distance. Best wishes to him, and I hope he made it. Aww. Now see, that's, that, that's what makes the United States great. This is a great country. It is. It is. It's the best country in the world. It really is. I mean, as, as many times I was stationed over in Germany and got to travel all over Europe and what have you, the best feeling was coming back home to the United yeah. States. Yeah. 
It is a beautiful country. Yes, it is. All right. I want people to know that you're a speaker. I'm a speaker. Michelle Ron, also a speaker. Yes. Robbie Yopes, yes. we're often on the air together, all yes. speakers, all Christian women. We would love to speak at your church. Uh, we would love to do a conference. Um, we have um, pretty uh, amazing testimonies. All, yes, we do. all the glory to God. I mean, boy, yes, we, we are miracles, walking miracles, that's for sure. Yes. And interesting that producer Dave comes from a tough background as well. You know, my brother called me the other day. And he's still alive, but, you know, he's been kind of missing in action for a good 10 years. And he's trying to get an ID now. He hasn't had an ID for uh, 12 years. And my kids, you know, have never met him because he lives in another part of the country. And, you know, he's really struggling in his life. Uh, I don't know if he's still actively using drugs, but he seemed to be, he's, he has mental illness now. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's through the drugs or he had it before, I don't know. Right. Uh, but, you know, I always, you know, try to send him clothes and do things for him. But I think, boy, there, but for the grace of God, go I, you know. I mean, I Amen. really am appreciative of what, you know, God has done in my life. And I think my faith has been a saving grace for me. And that's part of the reason we do the show, to let people know that there's hope. Absolutely. You know, you can always find me at angieaustinradio.com. You can email me there. And Beatrice Bruno, your website. DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Hey, have us come speak at your church. We'd love it. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors yeah. through you. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303 Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Let Five Star Talent and Entertainment be your guide to what's going on in the front range. Happy Labor Day! Let's all cheer on the Broncos this Thursday for their first game of the season. Go Broncos! Come embrace the spirit of community involvement at Thornton Fest at Carpenter Park on September 10th. And tickets are still available to join us in our effort to improve the lives of those living with MS through support, education, and research at the annual Rocky Mountain MS Center Gala on September 10th featuring the Dave Camp Band and Gary Myers. Sign up today to take part in remembering the young souls taken too early at the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep Remembrance Walk on September 24th. Terry Fisher goes over the edge on September 8th for Cancer League of Colorado for the third time. Go to 5starax.com or to the 5star Facebook page to learn how you can help reach your goal. Your generous donations, support, and cheers are appreciated. And stay tuned for details on the upcoming Somerset Festival and Broomfield Days. For more details on these events, check out 5starx.com, the number 5starx.com. Or call Terry Fisher at 303-635-1210. Welcome back to the good news. Hey, it's producer Moose, and I've been in radio for um, 
quite some time, about six, seven years. But uh, I always like telling the story. I tell it when I uh, talk to students at different broadcasting schools and whatnot, how I got my first job in broadcasting. And I was an intern at a music station, and I got my first job because some guy quit. I hounded the uh, PD every day for six weeks until he said, you know where uh, HR is, go fill out the paperwork. And the guy who vacated that seat to give me my first job is in the studio with me. <laughs> it's a Gabriel Sherm. How's it going, my friend? It's good. I, I guess I should say you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you you were gone, so you didn't know how that uh, how right, that all transpired. Right, okay. You were gone, and I looked on the website. I'm like, his job's not up there. And our program director at the time, Dylan, I'm like, hey, how come his job's not up there? He's like, well, I haven't gotten to it yet. And then huh? I gave him my demo, and every day, six wow. weeks. I'm like, hey, have you watched it yet? No, I'm too busy. Hey, have you watched it? No, I'm too busy. Six weeks later, he's like, we are backed up. Just, <laughs> just go. Just take just it. Just go. <laughs> That's awesome. And so that's, that's how it happened. Wow. Magic. And, wow. even, and so like, I brag because it was before I even graduated school. Yeah, so. yeah. Not so, bad. Well thank done. you for going to Spain. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're here because you've been to Spain a couple times mm -hmm. and you wrote this lovely book, have it right in front of me, Sunrise to Santiago. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about why you and your wife picked up and went to Spain the first time. Why? Yeah, so so we uh, we went there. It's kind of a, a transitional period in both of our lives, and and she had never traveled very much, and and I, I had had the fortune of of traveling a little bit. I used to work for the Travel Channel, so I did I did a, a lot of traveling with them. Uh, but we just kind of went because we were in a transitional phase in life, and kind of wanted to figure things out. So we thought, uh, what better time to to go to Spain, and maybe we'll find some answers to those questions there. What questions were you looking to answer? Oh, oh, just you know, no small questions like what's the meaning of life. Um, <laughs> Well, there's um, this book. You know, it's called uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, you know? yeah, the yeah, answer yeah. is 42. Just so you know, 42. Okay, yes. <laughs> well, I'm done then. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. And let's just close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, what what did you do in Spain the first time? I remember teaching. Yeah, first time we were teaching English. They have a program in Spain where you actually can teach English to the uh, Spanish government. Uh, they're looking oh, okay. for American English accents. Oh. Uh, so, so we went over there and taught uh, for two years. We lived in Granada, which is in the south of Spain, Very cool. in Andalusia. Um, I and, played that song in high school. Oh, it's it's a beautiful Granada. song. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so we went there and we taught English and and just kind of uh, enjoyed trying to learn how to speak Spanish. And and, and the accent in the south of Spain is quite. Uh, Difficult. Yes. So my uh, my yeah. neighbors growing up, they took in a lot of exchange students, and most of the students they took in were from Spain, especially okay. southern Spain. Yes, and yeah. so I've gotten to experience a little bit of that, not as much as you have. Right, right. The gracias with the th yes. instead of gracias. Yes, and isn't that because some um, emperor moons ago had a lisp, and so now everybody in Spain has a lisp? Is that where <laughs> I hadn't heard that story, but maybe that, that's it what makes I sense had heard. Now. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, that could okay. totally be a tale that just people made up, just to you know. <laughs> Give give Americans an answer. That's right. But like I heard some uh, like queen or something had the lisp. Wow. And so then everybody started having the lisp, and that's why. I'm going to go with that. I, I cool. think that sounds perfect. Yeah if, yeah. if I'm completely wrong and you're offended, um, Gabe, what's your email address? <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Kidding. <laughs> All right, so you were in Spain for two years. What was that like? What um, obviously a huge culture change. Yeah, it was profound. I, I mean, I always I always encourage people to to travel as much as possible, especially live in another country at least once in your life. That yes. definitely should be on your bucket list because it's a pretty profound experience to have that. Uh, you know, just really truly immersing yourself in that culture and becoming part of that culture yes uh, it's frustrating it's difficult there were so many times that were i i, I couldn't wait to come back home and go to target or <laughs> or or one of the things you're comfortable with in america you and know? i remember following yeah. your journey a little bit uh, through facebook and you guys had housing issues yeah. and like electrical problems Man. and 
something yeah. like a, a washer that wouldn't work or something just caused like you just had one thing after another when you first got over there all of the above i think the most challenging part which sounds very uh almost uh <laughs> like i'm crying about it but mm-hmm. seriously was very cold uh yes. the heating there's there's no heating like they have here in uh in the states so it was very cold inside of the apartment so we would just sit there and they have these little tiny like space heaters and we would put it under the blanket and kind of try to try to heat ourselves sitting on the without couch catching on fire without catching on fire <laughs> was tricky yes. um but yeah that was really challenging just to you know it's just a different way of life and a different things that you know that a culture is used to but that was hard <laughs> and did you feel like you ever became acclimated to the situation or did you were you always waiting like working for the finish line knowing i'm getting out of here soon yeah yeah you know that's that's uh that's def- that's that's a lesson i learned walking the community santiago as well but yeah we were definitely a lot of times wanting the comforts of the united states mm-hmm. and, the, and the comforts of home and missing people but then immediately i would say when we got back <laughs> yeah we yeah. miss spain so much yeah, yeah and i'd yeah. see like on facebook you'd say oh we're you know just taking a weekend trip to italy i'm like right i want to take right. a weekend yeah. trip to italy and some of your pictures were just I, it made me jealous like i want yeah. to be you like well i already have your first job maybe i can get your second there you job. go there you go i vacated so yes. they're, they're hiring <laughs> yeah. yeah so um you know your wife was a part of this too what made you decide spain and why to do it together uh, well, you know, it, it was it was really interesting. A lot of people asked this before. Uh, you know, are you guys gonna? You know, is it gonna be a challenging part of your relationship and growing in your marriage? And as you go over to Spain, you're gonna face a lot of really frustrating things, whether that's a airline strike or being cold, or you're, you you don't have your laundry, or mm-hmm. you know, you're drying things outside and it's raining for two weeks. Uh, how do you deal <laughs> with that? Um, but uh, it ended up being a really cool thing to do together, and I would say we came out the other end uh, so much stronger in our relationship and our marriage, uh, which was a really pleasant surprise. Not that I was expecting it wouldn't go that way, but right. it was a really cool experience to have with somebody. Um, I think a lot of times travel is equated with doing it when you're in college or right after college or when you're not uh, kind of you know attached to somebody. Right. Um, and uh, we met people like us and, and, and families even with children that were doing the same thing and taking some time off and traveling and, and having that experience together, which is a whole whole uh, other experience. So I, I don't know. It's just It was a good lesson to learn that you're never done learning yes. and that you can always travel uh, no matter what age you are. So, Very cool. Yeah. Well, I, not all the way to Spain, but 17 days after I got married, my wife and I, we moved to Atlanta. We moved from wow. Denver straight to Atlanta. Yeah. And go... You know, never been that far away from home right. you know, never been married i was 22 at the time and right. so it was just a crazy experience to and it helped you know bond my marriage with my wife just because we only had each other to depend on yeah. and trying to figure out how things worked and um you know we were a married newly married couple and we were crou- couch surfing for three months like our housing <laughs> fell apart right. and so we know the strife of not having a place to live yeah. and just being wow it was rough but uh, you know like like you said coming out on the other end made it much better of course yeah and yeah. so you you went there for two years to teach and you taught at the university level, or what did you teach? I taught adults. Um, okay. I taught adults, and my wife taught uh, elementary school age kids. Now, is that her background, yeah. or why did she do She's that? a school psychologist, so it's kind of her background. She works oh, okay. with that age group, uh, not teaching English, but uh, as a psychologist. So she kind of, it was very natural for her to kind of go into that role and the, work the with kids. Um, and I, I work with adults. It wasn't at a university, but they had these language schools. Yes. And uh, so I taught, I taught uh, the adults, which was really fun. Yeah. And uh, so you're, you're teaching them English, conversational English, and they, they wanted Americans. Why? 
uh, for the accent. Uh, they're trying to, to help uh, the Spanish population. Usually they have British accents, mm-hmm. uh, so they want to try to, to uh, have American accents for whatever reason. I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, it's, for, it's a language and culture assistant program for Canadians and Americans, specifically for our accent. Oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, when I was in high school and I would go over to Poland and other parts of Europe to teach English, there'd be camps like the week before we came. I'm like, why do they schedule a camp in the same small town a week before? <laughs> but then we figured out the church I was coming in the week before was from Great Britain to teach okay. English, and they maybe had maybe a dozen people sign up. Wow. Then when the Americans came, they, we had like 112 people right, sign right. up. You know, I think a lot of it's popular culture, you know? Yes. It's, uh, it's in the movies, it's it's everywhere, so, yeah. Well, and also, like, over there, I don't know if the way it is now that we're talking like 15 years ago, but in school, in the uh, high schools, they would teach British English. But then to get into universities, you'd be tested on American English. Yeah. And so instead of going to sports camps like we do here in the States, over there they go to American English camps right. so they can be able to get into universities. Of course, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy <laughs> and so silly. And yeah. so you were there for two years teaching English, and then you came back to the States yeah. just because you were only signed on for two years, or what made you come back? Yeah, we, you know, yeah, two years were over. You could do it for three years, so we could have stayed for one more year, but mm-hmm. it was kind of, uh, okay, we're ready to go back home. We're ready. Yeah. This experience has been amazing, but I'm ready to go back to the United States. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. I need to get a real job. Yes. Um, and we came back, and, and I got a real job, and I was still kind of confused, uh, like I was when I went to Spain, which was uh, panic-inducing. Okay. Um, so after so you're, a while, you're panicked yeah. because you didn't get, you didn't feel like you got the answers that you were. I didn't. I didn't. For. Yeah. And we were supposed to, at the end of our two years in Spain, walk the Camino de Santiago. Two days before we were supposed to leave at our goodbye party, Amy, my wife. Uh, she fractured her fibula in her oh. leg. So we spent, How did that happen? Uh, dancing, actually. <laughs> dancing. dancing. She, and every time I tell this story, she wants me to make sure I wasn't wearing heels. I was wearing Tom's shoes. They were flat. Oh, okay. And uh, she, she just twisted her ankle and fractured her fibula. Oh. It, was a, it was a terrible accident. And so instead of walking for a month, uh, we sat in our apartment for a month uh, <laughs> in Spain and uh, came back to the United States. And finally, uh, the, the Camino called and called and called. And we finally were able to go back to Spain to actually do the Camino de Santiago. And um, what is that? Walk us through what that actually is. Yeah, so the Camino de Santiago, it's, it's about a 500-mile trek in Spain. Uh, it's an ancient pilgrimage. It goes back all the way to the Middle Ages. For those of you there, you know, 500 miles, that's almost border to border of Colorado east to west. Exactly. It takes about 35 days of walking uh, for 11 to 15 hours a day. Uh, so it's extremely challenging. The most popular route uh, starts in saint jean pied de port in France. So you start there, you cross the Pyrenees Mountains, you go across the north of Spain, and you end in Santiago de Compostela, which is in the northwest Look of Spain. Look at you and your Spanish. Oh, thank you. Yes. Si, <laughs> <laughs> sí, senor. Um, but you end in Santiago de, Santiago de Compostela, where the relics and remains uh, are said to be of St. James. Uh, so it's the pilgrim, uh, pilgrimage of St. James, and historically, it's been uh, one, of the, one of the most famous uh, pilgrimages in the world, actually. So, yeah. So you're, you're back in the States, and you decide to go and do this, but aren't there 500-mile treks that you could do here in the States? Why go back to Spain? There are. There's one in Colorado. It's called the Colorado Trail. It's and almost, my father-in-law, who was yeah. just on the show, he's actually doing that in pieces with my brother-in-law. Fantastic. So, yeah. So it's, that's almost the exact same distance as the Camino de Santiago. So why not just do that? Yeah. So why not go from, Durango to, or from Denver to Durango? Uh, Spain, it has a special place in my heart So okay. since we live there. And a lot of my friends had completed it, and they say that there's just some sort of magic about the Camino de Santiago. You meet the people you're supposed to meet. You find the answers that you're supposed to find by those random 
random meetings, people from all over the world walk it. Um, and the Colorado Trail is a little more backpacking, so people yeah. camp and, and things like that. The Camino de Santiago takes very little preparation. You stay in albergues, which are pilgrim hostels. You just need a pilgrim passport. You show up, no reservations. There's restaurants all along the way. There's fountains, water. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't need to pack food or anything. Gotcha. So for me, it sounded perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you say I walk 500 miles and people are thinking, you know, you're trekking huge backpacks, but yeah. now you're just in, in your, your Toms and then you have a water bottle. A, a little better than Toms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And we did have a water bottle. Uh, so you walk through the Pyrenees Mountains. So yes, like my mind yes. thinks, I'm thinking Lord of the Rings is what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> it looks like that, but it ends at a, at a nice restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. 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 And so um, when you finish this 30 days straight of walking, yeah. um, how did you feel at the end? Uh, Physically, emotionally, mentally? All drained. All drained. Physically drained, emotionally drained, uh, but also at the same time, I did find the answers uh, to the questions that I was looking for. You arrive in Santiago, they come stay last after 30 days of walking, and you don't really know what to feel. Some people just break down and start crying. Mm -hmm. um, myself, I didn't know what to think, so we just sat there and looked at the church, and and uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. And so you're doing this for a month straight, and when did this happen? Uh, it happened last summer, 2014. 2014. Yeah, yeah. And you wrote this wonderful book about it with uh, pictures, which uh, you know drew my attention first. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you said you meet the people that uh, you're supposed to meet. What yeah. kind of people did you meet? Man, so so the reason I did it, people do it for a lot of reasons. Uh, religious purposes, spiritual purposes, getting over the loss of a loved one. A lot, I met a lot of people grieving. I was looking for purpose in my life. So, um, you know, why am I here? Uh, I really wanted to know why I was here. And I wanted to know, I want my life to matter. And I mm -hmm. didn't feel like it did so far because I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, doing things that society thinks are, are successful. Um, so for me, I met this uh, one person in particular. His I call him the barista, the barista because he loved coffees from Hungary. And he oh. taught me a very important lesson. As we were walking, my walking stick fell on a rock. And I could sum up the entire lesson I learned uh, on the Camino with this rock. And it said it's about, it's about the way. It's not about the destination, uh, which is a perfect parallel for, for life for me. So it really taught me to... to Less focus on becoming whatever or getting to whatever goal that is, but really focus on enjoying the way and the journey. Mm -hmm. It's all about the day-to-day -day and, and the things you do uh, right now as opposed to this far-off dream, I'll be happy then. Yes. Uh, so yes. for me, that was the barista really taught me that. Uh, the, this this random guy from Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I um I heard a sermon over the weekend where the pastor was talking about what is rich mm. and um you know, they start off asking kindergartners, what does it mean to be rich? I'm like, oh, when you have a thousand dollars and then you ask somebody who has a thousand dollars, what does it mean to be rich? And then it keeps doubling and doubling, doubling until somebody who has $5 million in the bank, that's when they say, you know, I yeah. think I'm rich. Yeah. $5 million. I mean, there's, wow. I mean, sometimes it's struggling to pay bills. I don't feel rich, but when I have, you know, the love of my wife and my two kids, yeah. I feel rich. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, you went on this long trek with your wife by your side. Um, how, how did she feel coming out of it? Was she searching for the same things or different? She, she, was, she was just open to whatever. She wasn't as specific as me. Uh, uh, she was kind of, uh, she, she was really uh, helped me find the lessons I was learning a lot, uh, which I write a lot about in the book, but she had some really profound things to say to me as I was, as I was walking. So, you know, one day in particular, my 
Achilles heel was swollen. Uh, my knee was uh, the size of a grapefruit. I was just in a bad place. And you said this was an easy walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, definitely not easy. Yeah. So, so we were in that in that point. And my wife, um, she, all along the way, she was really that support person that that would say things that were like, okay, that's great. And I was comparing myself to all the people passing me. There were people in their seventies and eighties and sixties just flying by me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my mid thirties. Um, and, uh, I was just getting really down on myself and she said out of the blue, uh, you know, the person, the only person that you need to be better than is the person you were yesterday. And it's just, oh, things wow. like that just hit you in the face. That's like, an inspirational who are you? On the wall. Yeah, where, like, did, where did you get that? It's like, well, now Oprah, what do you got next? Right. right. I was like, are you on Pinterest? <laughs> Well, you see things like um, The Amazing Race, that reality show, and you see couples go through things that could be stressful with this show, and they come out, like, hating each other. Oh, so-and-so is divorced. Um, Did this, you know, you guys probably had your struggles, of course, but uh, you came out uh, after doing your two years and then this month trek closer as a couple? Absolutely. 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 I wouldn't call it a a trauma, uh, but it was definitely physically challenging. And I think when you go through something like this together and come out on the other side, you can't, you can't help but be uh, closer. Absolutely. And when you were doing this uh, trek, did you think you were going to write this book? Was that a part of your heart and your mind or you just came out of it and thought, I need to get this down on paper? I I was not intending to write a book. I I was going to blog about it a little bit, you know, to my friends and family. But, uh, you know, after it was over, we got back home and uh, going over the things I learned in my mind, I, I decided I need to write this down. And uh, I did. And, and uh, it took me a year to write the book. Yes. And uh, you did it last summer. Book just yeah, came out. Yeah, it just came out, which is a new process for me as a new author. I love writing, but I've never written a book. Um, and uh, and here it is sitting in front of us. Are there more books in your future that you see? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing I discovered. Uh, I really, really love writing. Uh, and uh, so... I hope so. Uh, I plan on writing them, but uh, very good. You just yeah. don't know what they're. I just about don't know what they're going to be. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. another five hundred mile trek. Sure. Have you um, seen the movie Wild or read the book? Of- Absolutely. And so yeah. you know, that's yeah. as I'm reading this book, that's exactly what I'm thinking. We've Absolutely. interviewed Cheryl Strait a couple times on the show. Well, yeah. Gabe, how can people get more information from you and how to find the book? Yeah, so so the book again, Sunrises to Santiago, searching for pur- purpose in the community of Santiago. You can get it on Amazon, of course, um, or uh, you can go to my website, GabrielSherm.com. Uh, Why don't you spell that with your last name? Sure, S S C H I R M. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Gabe, for coming in. Uh, more good news coming up next. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shine and I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember every Saturday you get 50% off most items in the store. 
Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, She uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just 6 to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yes, yeah, so come to North Glen. Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. The summer fun continues in the majestic mountains at YMC of the Rockies in Estes Park and Snow Mountain Ranch. Some time away is just what you need to relax and rejuvenate. Both locations offer so many activities, it's difficult to list them all. From guided hikes and archery to campfires and climbing wall, there's something for everyone at YMCA of the Rockies. This summer is still on your mind, but it's never too early to start planning your family reunion for next year. For more information and to plan your visit, go to ymcarockies.org. Getting your kids to read, is it a challenge for you, your kids, your grandkids, nieces, nephews? Well, I have a way to help encourage you. Uh, The author of the book, 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Mom, she also wrote one to becoming a happy hubby as well. Arlene Pellicane joining us to get kids excited about reading. Hi, Arlene. Hello. Yeah, I know a lot of parents will say, well, I just can't get my child to read. You know, and you kind of think like, well, they're not a reader. And we just think that they're either born like that they want to read or, you know, they're interested or they're not interested. But what I love to tell parents and grandparents is that we can awaken desire and we can help them to like reading by finding things that they like, subject matters that they like, by insisting on reading, so not just doing it because they like it or because, you know, they want to. It's the same way that we say, you've got to eat your salad or your broccoli or whatever. You know, we say, no, no, before you do X, Y, and Z, you've got to read. And then um, by modeling it, by them catching us reading, even if you're not a reader, you see, you know, that your child's coming down the hallway, you grab a book, you crack it open, and you say, look at this. Mommy, Daddy, we're readers. Look at this. (laughs) You can... You can fake it and read for 30 seconds and let them see you reading. All right. So you also mentioned to me a couple weeks ago and we chatted because I'm having a problem with my kids, you know, loving reading. You said that I should give them a prize package or like incentives. And I did it. I went out. They like clothes and I would buy school clothes anyway. So I have all these outfits like in a bag. And every time they finish a book they get to pick out an outfit. And I probably oh, this have is four exciting. outfits right now and water bottles with ice cubes that freeze. Oh, this is big. <laughs> I have a nine-year-old and that would be really big for her. <laughs> I love it. And, and you know what? I love that because you already are going to buy some of these things. And then all of a sudden they're packaged as a different kind of gift. And then that reward is there. When you finish this, you are going to get this. My husband is, he thinks outside of the box. So he thinks of these good ideas and we've got one in middle school now. And he, he's starting to think I'm going to have books that I want them to read in middle school and high school things, classic books like Dale Carnegie, you know, how to win friends and influence yes. people. And he's going to put on the spine how much money each book is worth like when you finish reading it so they'll know like oh this is a $20 book you know I'm gonna read this one 
And, and we, you know, and, and that's just how we choose to give. We don't give the kids a weekly allowance. So instead, this is how we choose to give out, dole out that money that they can earn it by reading and doing different things like that. So that's fun. I love that. Okay, what do you want people to take away from our interview, Arlene? Don't wait for your child to say, oh, I really want to read. Please open up the world of reading to me, mom or dad. You say, hey, we're, if you have young kids, you make going to the library a part of your life. It's free. And it's just such a wonderful thing for a child to come home with an armload of books. If you have an older child and it's like, what am I going to find? Biographies um, for older kids, things that are interesting to them. Have them read classics. Have them read the Bible. So don't, don't just wait for them to say, oh, I want to read. But really model it yourself and then say, hey, have you done your 10 minutes of reading today? Have you done your 20 minutes of reading today? Because they will be more successful in life if they are good readers. And you knew a famous author once who said what when people, he said, if your kids don't like to read, what? Oh, I don't know if your kids don't like to read. He he said if they don't like to read, too bad. He is too bad. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, that's right. Yes, it was Andy Andrews. And I heard him speak and he said, if your kids don't like to read, too bad. Make them read, you Make know. Read, so, right. so get Make out there read. with it and put a book under your child's nose. And eventually they'll find a book that really yeah. will catch their, you know, sense of adventure or whatever it may yes. be. And then they'll get hooked. Just as they get better, they'll be able to read better books and then they'll get hooked. Your website, Arlene? ArlenePelican.com. Thank you, Arlene. Thanks, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. You're tuned to AM670, KLTT Commerce City, Denver, KLTT HD, and streaming worldwide at 670KLTT.com. Years ago, when my son-in-law lived in the Chicago area, he was in his heyday because it was the heyday of the Chicago Bulls. Now, that was hard for me being in the New York area as a New York Knicks fan. Uh, but listen, back then, the Bulls had one of the most amazing teams in basketball history. You know, actually, I think my son-in-law had to go into a recovery program for Bulls addicts back then. But he reminded me of the Bulls' greatness regularly. In the days when they were building their basketball juggernaut, I was told the players would get in a circle. And one of them would ask, what time is it? And they'd answer louder every time that they asked the question, it's game time. (laughs) They seemed to know what time it was almost every time they got on the court. In fact, Bulls fans told me back then that the players weren't really that close off the court. Reportedly, it was pretty quiet when they were traveling, didn't even talk to each other much. When it wasn't game time, they didn't get together off the court. But when it was game time, the differences didn't matter. They had a job to do. They were a team. Well, I'm Ron Hutchcraft, and I want to have a word with you today about the game time difference. Our word for today from the Word of God comes from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 3. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, if you know Christ, welcome to Team Jesus. Yep, you're on God's team. And I'll bet there are some people on that team that aren't your favorite kind of people. Am I right? Are you thinking of somebody? You clash with their personality. Maybe they aggravate you. They're not your type. They see things differently than you do. God knows that. In fact, it seems he plans it so we can grow from being around people 
who aren't like us. Hmm. But he makes it clear how you're supposed to relate to your teammates. Be completely humble. In other words, be thinking about what will be good for them, not just what's going to be good for you. Put your self-interest behind their interests. Then he says, be gentle. Now, that's God's command regarding how you are to treat your teammates as if, well, they're fragile. They're breakable. And then it says, bear with one another in love. It doesn't say be a bear with one another. Now, don't get that wrong. Bear with one another. Overlooking slights. Overlooking frustrations. Love covering a multitude of sins. See, unlove keeps a record of every sin, every offense, every frustration. Then God says, work real hard to keep the unity that is the natural condition of those in whom God's Holy Spirit lives. He says here to keep the unity. He doesn't say to go after, try to get it. You already have it. You just ruin it if you don't do the bond of peace. That's why he doesn't say get unified. He says stay together. Together is what you really are in Christ and really will be forever in eternity. So don't lose that unity. Do whatever will contribute to peace between you and your teammates. Whatever will contribute to peace. Because as the Chicago Bulls said in their heyday, it's game time. They knew that their mission was too important to be at the mercy of the differences between them. They played together whether or not they liked or appreciated every teammate, and they were champions as a result. Well, our mission, oh my goodness, it is infinitely, eternally more important. It is the work of God on earth. And his work is too important to be at the mercy of your moods or your differences or your self-pity or your attitude or your gripes. I have no right to carry my negative baggage onto the court where we are playing for eternal stakes. And neither do you. We've got to win this one for Jesus. Our differences don't matter now. It's game time. Thanks, Ron. If you're a parent or you work with kids at your church, you're going to want to download Ron's free ebook. It's called So Young, So Lost A Strategy for Impacting the Kids of Your Community. This ebook is yours free when you visit awordwithyou.com. That's awordwithyou.com. A Word With You is a feature of Ron Hutchcraft Ministries. Thanks for listening. Listeners want to know, what is Amendment 69, Colorado Care? Colorado radiologist Dr. Jill Vecchio taught us about Obamacare, and now she's back to warn us about this upcoming initiative. Very simply put, Medicaid is health care for the poor under the age of 65. After 65, they're eligible for Medicare. Medicaid is administered by the states, but the costs are split between the states and the federal government and the Fed has significant control over how the monies are spent. Making sure that truly needy patients have access to the health care they need is critical. Too many poor people with chronic illness fall through the cracks of our current Medicaid system, a system made ridiculously complex by bureaucrats and administrative programs that do not allow the flexibility needed to address individual cases. Obamacare made the problem even worse by massively expanding Medicaid. Before Obamacare, individual states could apply to the federal government to be granted directly all of the money that they would typically get for Medicaid so they could develop their own system for dealing with care for the poor based on their own state's cultures, resources, and demographics. Obamacare put a stop to this sort of innovation and forced all states into the same rotten Medicaid template. Amendment 69 includes a Medicaid block grant for Colorado, which I think is good. 
but we don't need Amendment 69 to get that. Why can't we control all of the Colorado Medicaid dollars ourselves right now? For about the same amount of money that we spend on Medicaid patients right now, with poor reimbursement and incomplete coverage, we could start a health savings account, get them a membership in a concierge primary care medical practice, and pay for a catastrophic illness or injury insurance policy. Now they can control their health care dollars, get regular high-quality care for chronic illness and wellness education, and be covered for cancer, serious injury, or major hospitalizations. No gaps in coverage, no bureaucracy, no ridiculous regulations. Healthcare providers could be paid a decent amount for their services. Remember, they should be posting their prices and competing for business at this point, And they could be paid in advance or at the time of service for most visits. No coding, no bureaucracy, no billing issues. This is how we could provide health care to those who are truly in need. We don't need no stinking Colorado care. Stay informed by listening to Dr. Jill Vecchio's next segment on Colorado's Amendment 69, Colorado Care. I will be exploring the truth about Amendment 69, also known as Colorado Care, over the next few weeks. For more information in the meantime, or for a copy of this commentary, go to healthcareoptionsthatwork.org. Again, that's healthcareoptionsthatwork.org. I'm Bill McCormick with the Crawford Stand on this Labor Day. First celebrated on this very day in 18... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.